0: Hey guys, welcome to Bagna Boardcast episode number 437. I'm Chris.
1: I'm John. And I'm Paul.
0: And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways
1: bringing you the top geek stories, if there was any, in the, the past week. Next in the list, the comic books. Sorry, I was writing down the episode number. And I was like, man, Paul went through that really fast. Uh,. Well, I and don't that's go. Just the, the list, uh, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March tenth, twenty twenty
0: one. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read last month, February twenty twenty one. In our monthly look back, where we're going to be discussing Radiant Black number one, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Faith number one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin number two, Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon number one, Snow Angels number one, and X-Men Legends number one. Whew, I'm I'm winded after listening to all those.
1: Like you're a little parched, right? Mm. Gotta take gotta take yes, a sip of the, a beer. Maybe maybe, a maybe beer. I'm
0: a little parched because, because of the beer I'm drinking, it's just got that nice kind of like piney dry out hop on it that just kind of keeps me going back to drink more. Yeah, Paul, do like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I think, know it'd be weird if you did.
1: I think I think you're talking about Bliss from the Thin Man Brewery here in Buffalo, New York. It's a double IPA, eight percent alcohol by volume. I believe that's
0: what you'd be talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Uh, mentioned it last time on the show. I'm surprisingly able to get some Thin Man beers down here in Orlando, Florida, from Buffalo, New York. Uh, I double check the can. This is brewed at Chandler Street. Um, hey. But, yeah, I went to my beer store just to get beer for tonight's episode, and I saw a couple things that I was like, okay, yeah, I'll pick these up. This will work. Like, two beers I've had before. But then, as I was walking down the aisle, I was like, oh, I wonder if they still have, like, Minky Boodle and Trial by Wombat. Because I was thinking about Mm -hmm. just picking up something. Yeah. Some fridge filler for, like, you know, sitting on the porch reading some comics or something. You got to have your Minkies? Got to have my Minkies. And then I saw they had two new additions to the shelf and one of them being bliss, which I think I've had this before when I made one of my trips up to Buffalo and we actually went to the location on Allen. I'm not sure uh, though. Cause I never El- checked into it. Elmwood, Elmwood. Elmwood. You're right. Sorry. Um, cause yeah, where, like Toro here, used to be right. Am I thinking of the I right think place? So. I
1: think so. It was a previous place that was a
0: pretty good. I don't know. If you don't know Buffalo, that's fine. Uh, I don't, and I live there (laughs) 30 years of my
1: life. I still (laughs) live there, and I'm not sure.
0: Uh, But yeah, I never checked into this, even though I'm pretty sure I've had it before. I might just have known about it from just following Thin Man Brewery on a lot of their social media stuff. But this is just a great drinkable IPA, and that 8% is hidden kind of well. It's got a nice kind of like pine dryness to it, but then it's pretty juicy it's gotten like a nice citrus that kind of just like keeps you going back to it on the back end Uh, i really like this since it is eight percent i was kind of pacing myself on this uh my second beer i've already drank the other three from the four pack because they're just they're great they're crushable uh we'll talk about that more later but yeah this is great I, i really dig this beer
1: yeah I'm enjoying it too. It is definitely more of a West Coast kind of throwback It is that like has a little bit of that pininess, but it's still very crushable. It's very easy drinking. It's not blowing my taste buds out at all It's um still got a
0: little bit of fruitiness It's not all yeah. resin and all pine
1: no, it's, it's a it's, it's really the great good. amount of
0: like citrus pop on that back end that i I really dig it- mm-hmm.
1: yeah bliss is a it's a nice drinking beer. It's it's a it's a good one. Uh, I'm drinking something different. I'm drinking a new beer in my area. I don't know how new it is for Lawson's, but from Lawson's finest liquid, I'm drinking their little sip. Um, I thought this was a session version of like sip of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds like um, it. Yeah, I that's why
0: I've a sim too. As soon as you said Lawson's, I was like, oh, it's like. The Sip of Sunshine people.
1: Uh, so it's like our little cousin of Sip of Sunshine. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this reads like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, it's 6.2%. Hmm. <laughs> and so it's not a session version. It's a single version. It's a regular IPA where Sip of Sunshine is a double. Um, this is a nice drinking beer. It's good. It has a little bit of the same as you guys, that little bit of the drier mouth out West coasty with kind of a nice juiciness to it. Uh, It's nice. I think if I were going to drink something from Lawson's, it would be Sip of Sunshine, or maybe maybe another beer from them. I don't think I would go back to this beer. It's not bad, but I wouldn't drink this over Sip of Sunshine, or trying something new from them. I'm not upset that I had it, but I just don't feel like I need to go back for it.
0: Yeah, but, you know, sometimes that's all beer needs to be, like, just something yeah, you can enjoy in the moment. It's something
1: I'm drinking with my friends.
0: Hey, here you go. Cheers. Cheers. You notice I already poured out Cheers. my next one.
1: <laughs> but, uh, that brings us to the news garden, guys,
0: nothing is growing this week. And there well, was it's, a... it's a pretty chill week. Um, the only thing that I really took note of was we got a couple new teaser trailers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which... We already kind of talked about coming out the 19th. Uh, Looks great. Looks fun. I don't know. I just want to see more of those two characters together after what we had from them in Civil War. That's kind of it. I'm disliking not having something to look forward to now that WandaVision's over. Because that was my like, oh man, a week until the next one. And then that kind of like slow build up where it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's Thursday, tomorrow's WandaVision day. Uh, I'm looking forward to having that again, you know, and Mandalorian was that before. So I, I, I like this kind of staggered staged, like, production release.
1: I was, that's the question I was going to ask, but go ahead, John. Uh, I also have that thing where I get really excited, like, WandaVision tonight,
0: yeah. And
1: then I'm like, ah, crap, it's Thursday.
0: <laughs> Fudge. And I I think part of the fun of it, too, is, like, we kind of made it, like, a little event night where we get, like, pizza and wings or, like, burgers to go or something and, like, get home and sit down for the new episode. Um, And, Paul, your question back to you, do you like that kind of release, like, one a week?
1: Yeah, I think it made it so I could keep up with it. Like, you know, I fell behind here and there, but... You know, once Kate and I really got into it, we're like, yeah, once a week. Like, even with The Mandalorian, it was like, I fell a little behind. But it wasn't like, oh, people have already seen all of it. There's eight episodes to watch. I don't really have time to sit down and watch all eight episodes right now. So I'm not going to start. And then I never started. Like, it was just easy to go. Like... Kate and I felt a little behind because there was two episodes, like, released right away. And Kate, watched, Kate and I watched the first one the one week and then the second one the next week. And then we kind of spaced out, like, I think Wednesday we watched the third one or something like that, like, to catch up. But, um, yeah, so I I really do enjoy it. I feel like it takes some of the pressure off of me to, like, where I feel like I'm already behind, on release day like I, I felt a little bit of that on some the cuz i'm like oh people are already talking about it they're even like like no that they're not spoiler headlines but wow people are really talking about that end of end of episode cameo and i'm like oh who could have shown up and like so i'm then i'm thinking about who could show up the whole time before i watch the episode and then when i watch the episode i'm like Alright, it was Pietro from the other movie. So what does that mean? <laughs> like, I didn't get to be surprised by it. I was already then, like...
0: part of part of that then's kind of the fun of looking forward to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Because now you're like, oh, how are they going to work this into it? And then you don't get the answer to that question until, you know, episode number nine. Like, they make you kind of wait for it. And I'm trying to be better about our annual look-backs, so I'm actually keeping a list of Mm. the new TV shows and movies that I've watched this year just because every time we come to look back, I then have to think, all right, well, what came out this year? Yeah, And it's a lot to try to consider, like, what I went to see, what I watch at home. And one of the things I wrote down was The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because we got the final season of that. And that was available on... Netflix streaming all right away. And I tried to kind of stagger that out. I would watch an episode or two of Sabrina and then I would watch an episode of the Witcher and then I would watch another episode of Sabrina, but I was still kind of binging it. So I watched all of those probably within the span of like two or three days. But at this point, a lot of it's already it's lost. Like it's gone from the memory because I watched it in such quick succession that I didn't have those moments to think about it or pore over it or talk about it with my friends, you know? Yeah. I... As much as I love binging stuff, I'm okay with taking the time to enjoy and appreciate something.
1: And, uh... Oh, wait. Oh, wait for the... Sorry. Are they coming to get you,
0: Chris? No, I've mentioned it before. I I live right down the street from uh, a garage for, like, the fire department, so it happens.
1: Um... We haven't talked about it, and we don't have to give any spoilers away, but what did what did we think about the ending? Because we finally got the ending for WandaVision. Yeah, well, we can have spoilers and, uh, yeah. because this episode's not going to get posted for, like, I don't know how many weeks, so it's fine. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> you know, we're, we're already a week past long. it. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a satisfying ending. And again, I watched this having my thoughts and theories, but I didn't put too much weight on any of them. So I know a lot of people were let down because it's like, oh it wasn't Mephisto, or oh they're not shattering the barriers between like the Marvel Mutant stuff from Fox and the MCU. So it's not actually PHO. I'm okay with that. Like I enjoyed the show for what it was as it happened. Um and I like how they kind of left that door cracked open. Like, there's—I don't want to say a lot of unanswered unanswered questions, but there's enough there that they can pick up on those threads in other series or movies, and you'll get that payoff. Like, this does feel like a worthwhile part of the MCU. I also
1: do. I also like that uh, Paul Bettany was like, "Just get ready, guys. There's a." Luke Skywalker-esque cameo coming up. And he was talking about himself coming mm-hmm. in as the White Vision. Like, that was his thing.
0: I, I, I watched that just as I did his role as Chaucer in A Night's Tale. He's just the ultimate hype man. He just happened to be <laughs> hyping himself up for that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that uh, on Twitter, White Vision
1: has also given us Vision.
0: Mm. annoying. Great. I hate
1: that. You don't like Fishon? No, I'm, I'm over oh. it. That's all right. So I should not do a quiz based you on should, you should Probably well, one, because I'm in way, way too white to uh, actually fully get yeah, that well, voice. Well, correct. I can't
0: tell. I can't tell where your shirt ends and your skin begins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a white T-shirt, so that's what. That's funny. Yeah, we're, we're not a video podcast, but I'm glad. I explained it. I, I feel like people still would have known what I meant.
1: Yeah, but you know, uh, so don't do a uh, "Where's Bernie"
0: style, style quiz. I, I, I will say, uh, before we continue on, I did like your use of visual aids. For, <laughs> for <laughs> what for, I do love is, is people who are listening to us
1: do that. Just heard us laughing hysterically and saying how bad it was, and we loved it. That's pretty much all they heard that episode. Uh, <laughs> well, we posted the uh, pictures of Where is Bernie? <laughs> uh, yeah. on, uh, on the uh, Instagram or on our... I don't know, but it was somewhere. Instagram. Somewhere. It was on our Instagram. Uh, but Chris, like you, I I really enjoyed the ending. I thought it was satisfying. I enjoyed having talks with people about what they think or what they heard somebody put up on Facebook or on YouTube or... I enjoyed talking about those, reading them, watching those videos, but it never took anything away from me watching the show. Like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, this was good. I was, I didn't care about Mm -hmm. Mephisto. I didn't care about this or that or whatever else they, you know, people were saying could happen or, or should happen. I just enjoyed what was coming out of it and I enjoyed having those w- the water cooler talk. Yeah. You know, Mandalorian, I'd go into work, and everybody would be like, did you see it? I'm like, yeah, I know, I saw it. And the one guy's like, guys, I didn't see it. And we're like, go, go, get out of here. It's your fault, not ours. And Vision was kind of the same way. WandaVision was the same way, where it would be as be like, I didn't see it yet, but I heard it's really good. I'm like, yeah, this is the one that kind of turns the leaf. Like, this is going to be, uh, this is really good. So, I'm looking forward to that with Falcon and Winter Soldier, and with the rest of the show, is being like having that water cooler talk that like talk for the week where everyone's like getting pumped for the next episode, and then yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the uh, WandaVision offered some really great red herrings to provide the water cooler talk, but has now given us like the expectation for what these series actually are going to be, which are self contained.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm so glad okay. you brought that up because I was going to pose this question once you had like wrapped up your thoughts because this wasn't supposed to be our first edition of, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe to TV on Disney+. Like, we were supposed to get Falcon and Winter Soldier first, but just with everything having to shut down due to the pandemic, they had to halt production on Falcon and Winter Soldier when they were filming. I think it was in Prague. They, they had to shut stuff down. But at that point, WandaVision was far enough along that they were able to just kind of finish it Mm -hmm. and then get that one out first. So I'm wondering, and I do want to pose this question once John sits back down and puts his earbuds back in, which he's doing now. So my question to you guys, after we've wrapped up watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, which one do you think would have been the best Kind of introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe for TV watchers. Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision?
1: Well, WandaVision also serves as a great kind of dark mirror to our situation right now, which is living in a quarantine where you had all of Westview living in a imposed quarantine. So I think I think it kind of worked now. Because of our world, not as, just I don't know if it would have worked as well as the intro if, you know, things went as planned.
0: But this is why I'm kind of posing this question once we get to the end of Falcon Winter Soldier. My mom texted me, and I told you guys this before we started recording. My mom texted me last week and was like, hey, should I watch WandaVision? I don't think she would enjoy WandaVision because she doesn't know the MCU. She doesn't know these characters. Just based off of trailers, like, if she texted me and was like, hey, should I watch Falcon Winter Soldier? Even right now, without having seen the show, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, check that out. So, I I know. I I think
1: WandaVision provided enough emotional weight to get you interested in the characters and to follow the characters. Even if you haven't seen the movies. Because, honestly, think about who Wanda in Vision were in all the movies. Like, they have the one scene when they're in, like, what, uh, not in Belt John's Basque. thinking real hard. I heard but, that exhale. What? Edinburgh out oh, there in Edinburgh? Oh. oh, nice. Uh, I thought he was exacerbated with me. Um, no, I, I got normal. a black IPA here, and it's, like, dancing on my pad I you. Black
0: IPA. Paul, so I posed that question just while John was sitting back down, but you want to wrap up your thoughts?
1: Well, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to, well, I wanted to say, I think there's enough emotional weight. It is self-contained enough that somebody that hasn't watched the movies could maybe get into it enough and be like, oh, it might be like a lot for them to kind of take in. But I think everything's laid out really well. I am a little upset at the very end that Darcy is like, "Hey, debriefs are a fool's game," because I'm like, I would have liked to see more Darcy, you know. It would have been good, but she's already gone. Um, you know, I, I really liked uh, A- Agent uh, Jimmy Wu in this series. I, yeah. I thought that his turn here was better than what we got in Ant-Man.
0: And I think they provided... I, I would say this is in line with what we got in Ant-Man, not to kick yeah, you off. Because, like, when you get, in Ant-Man, like I, I liked him enough that seeing him in this, I'm like, oh, like, you're seeing the continuation of this character's story in another book. Like it fit and it worked. And I, I feel that that just kind of lends yourself to wanting to like this character that has not a lot to work with in, yep. in where he's at. Cause he's just, we'll talk about when we get to, Ant-Man Ant-Man, and the he's Bug. a
1: buffoon he's, that we yeah. want him to fail. And this we're like, Oh no, he's a lovable, He's, he's a lovable every guy. That we want him to succeed, and he doesn't. Nope. And he takes off the handcuffs and he goes, <laughs> you know well, As soon as
0: they put him in handcuffs, I'm like, "He's going to get out of those." Like he's he's the man now. He can do close-up magic. It's great.
1: Uh, yeah. No. Um, I think it's it was. I think one with what their lineup is. I think if you went Captain America, Winter Soldier. Wandavision and then Loki. I think it would be two kind of weird shows, Wandavision and Loki, one after another. But this kind of sets up that, hey, we're we're doing fun and weird and different. So you're gonna get this Wandavision show. You're gonna get Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is gonna be oh, it's gonna be so good. But Buddy Cop action but it it's spice suspense thriller it's
0: lethal. it's lethal weapon with like a flight pack and mechanical arm like i'm i'm just excited for that
1: yeah but but both of them are rigs <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but then loki is going to be kind of wait disgusting. does that make does that make Sharon Carter murta i guess is she too old for it no old man Old Man Cap is, old, is Murtaugh. Old Man Cap is too old for all the shit. Uh, and and then going into Loki, which is going to be kind of another weird take on that character. It's going to be the same Loki, but I think the circumstances around it are going to be weird.
0: Uh, Which, this is kind of news, but apparently Season 2 of Loki is already being kind of plotted out. So, first MCU... DC or Disney plus show that we've learned is going to be getting a season two. Cause a lot of what they've talked about seems just kind of, I don't want to say filler, but it's like, Oh, here's more stories about the characters. You know, that we can't tell in movies. Uh, Loki seems to be the one maybe that they just want to keep, keep going on. Cause.
1: Well, that seems like it's designed to be serialized because it's quantum leap. Loki style. It's it's Doctor Who. Do, yeah. It's Doctor Who Loki. Or or Quantum Leap. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you, Paul, said you, doc, Paul, you, you said, posed said Doctor Who. you posted both of them. I know. You, I you, said both of <laughs> them. <laughs> but
1: you agreed with Doctor Who more. And I'm like, actually, I like this because Quantum I League used better. that like a, like a month or two ago and you gave me shit about it. And that's why yeah, I was like, oh, he's saying. Because he's better. saying Doctor Who, but he's like, Quantum Leap's better.
0: <laughs> I do think Quantum Leap's better. <laughs> Not as a show. I prefer Doctor Who, but I think for this, it seems better like Quantum Leap.
1: Yeah, but also, I th- yeah, it, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I hate both of you. And sometime can be all the time when you're hanging out with Loki. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my thought. I think it's wise to do the what people expect a Marvel show to be, which is Falcon and Winter Soldier, in between two maybe a little more off the wall. Yeah. But uh, even though they're off the wall, I still think all they did was move the puzzle pieces into alignment for the next movie. They didn't shatter the multiverse. They didn't really set up. Dr. Strange doesn't show up as a, a weird cameo to be like, yes, this is the next movie starting now. It's So WandaVision isn't going to be like taking place right before the opening credits of Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, it seems. like It seems like the movies will still stand on their own, and these shows will stand on their own. Yeah, and this is setting up, like this set up Scarlet Witch for the... Rest of her Marvel cinematic life and what you're going to see in, I mean, in that tease, like the post credit, like it's setting up what you're going to see of her in the, mul- the multiverse of madness.
0: And I think what's also worth noting is none of this seems to mess with Black Widow, so who knows when we'll get that. <laughs> uh, anything else that we didn't want to talk about, but we'll wind up talking about for. Well, you know okay. what,
1: though? Like, maybe that's why Winter Soldier, uh, Captain... Jeez, oh, not Captain Falcon, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier was kind of delayed because they kept on thinking that Black Widow would be out. Maybe there will be Black Widow spoilers in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, but we're still not getting Black yeah. Widow before it comes out. But there's, they're like, ah, screw it. Spoilers. Spoilers be spoiled. i They've all I, seen the movie. They all know. They no longer I'm, care. They just I'm, have been sitting around wanting to talk to us about it, John. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got postponed because the one show was more filmed than the other one during mm-hmm. COVID, uh, before COVID. Um, but what, you guys ready for your next beer? Talk next beer and then go into our books
0: for the yeah. list? I, I'm ready to go, Paul. We're talking oh, about yeah, the same yeah, yeah. beer again, if you're ready. Oh, which one is this? Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel? Yeah. I got he it right here. Ha-
1: Paul, he doesn't have the DDH Bliss. Oh, That's yeah. Okay. I, oh. I don't have that. Well, that'll be my third beer. Yeah, but be Sci-Fi third- Hamster oh, Wheel. Get Chris, talk to me beer. all about it.
0: So, uh, tease it up at the beginning. This is the second Thin Man beer that I'm actually able to find here now. Uh, Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel. And this is an IPA Ooh. 6.6% ABV. <coughs> And this has been my, hey, I get home from work, I'm going to crack open a beer just to, like, have as I'm hanging out around the apartment. Like, watching videos, like, putting away laundry, like, whatever. Uh I think I rated this one higher on Untapped because this is more of just like a, hey, I'm going to get home, let me crack open a beer and I can go about my day. But this is much more like a, hey, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to chill out. Talk to my friends for 25 minutes about Wandavision when we didn't plan about it. <laughs> uh, sci-fi hamster wheel. This is just a great crushable, and I know we said that about Bliss, but Bliss, he probably shouldn't just sit there and like mainline them. I feel like sci-fi hamster wheel. You could probably sit there and
1: yeah, it's only drink six point six, 6. Uh, yeah, ABV. I think I've had this before. I'm. I don't remember it. I wanted. A, I don't remember the flavor profile until I took a sip of it, and then that sip became a chug. And I
0: mean, uh, fla- man, flavor like, profiles just great, drinkable IPA. Like there's like really a, nothing like too stand out like you had with Bliss. Like this is just like mm, tasty IPA. Give me more. Give me more. I'm getting a lot of sweet. I'm getting like cotton candy, Smarties,
1: uh, bubblegummy kind of flavor on it. Like it's all like. Like sh- almost sugary in a way. Maybe it's because I'm coming straight from that bliss. Like literally, it, I mean, I'm it does still not have that, that like piney hoppiness yeah. to it. I mean, it's not fruity. It is like sugary, sweet. It's like cotton candy, kind of sweet. It's like eating one of those grapes, those cotton candy grapes. It's like, wait, this shouldn't taste like that. I'm not. I'm not picking that up, John. You have any any thoughts? Well. The both of you like this beer because last episode, you both had Trial by Wombat and liked that beer, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. This is a screwed up version of that beer. Ah. Uh, So, uh, Thin Man, before they opened their new brewery, very small, they were trying to do a big release with uh, a second canning of Wombat. So they went and had it uh, brewed at Young Lion, which is a brewery in the Finger Lakes. And they gave him the recipe. They, you know, said you guys got it. Like, we're, we, our brewer does not have time to come out here and brew and make sure you guys are doing it right. Because our brewer basically brews almost 24 hours a day. You guys got it, right? And Young Line's like, we got this. We can follow a recipe. And then they gave them this beer back. And they're like, this isn't <laughs> trial by Wombat. Like, what did you it's guys not,
0: do? It's, it's, it's not, but...
1: So And they were like, fuck, what are we going to do with it? So somebody made up a bullshit name. <laughs> they made up that can art, slapped the sticker on it, and put it out.
0: And see, without having known that sticker, I would say, that, yeah, it's a different beer from Tribe By Wombat. But I think they're both just great, drinkable IPAs. And Yeah. If you ask me to d- describe Tribe By Wombat right now, I couldn't do it. If you ask me to describe this one right now. I sugary couldn't do it. Great candy.
1: Cotton candy. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's what but I'm I, getting I, on it. For like, all of them I would still. just say like no, it's a great drinkable IPA, and there's nothing bad about that. I like no. Bliss better. No, and that's that's okay. Of, uh, Bliss too. is a little bit more yeah. standout. It's also a double IPA, it's another two yep. percent like A B V like a little bit more of that like West Coastiness to it. They're both just really good. Like, if I went to anywhere and this was, like, the IPA that they had, I'd be like, oh, yeah, give me that. (laughs)
1: Uh, And I'm drinking from a local brewery, Community Beer Works. This is the beer that sank Atlantis. This is a dark IPA, and this has subtle pine, bright citrus, assertive bitterness and crisp clean finish uh this beer is excellent paul i highly recommend uh you going out and finding this because this what's the beer's name Uh, i know it's a beer that sank atlantis but what's the name of the beer You can't just give me that look on the audio show. Nobody I can I can give it. you the pause because they know what's happening on this side, this side <laughs> of the microphone. They know. Um, this has those really big, malty, roasty malt pop right up front. And it kind of eases into this nice citrus, clean finish. And all those flavors really just dance on your tongue. This is probably up there as one of my favorite black IPAs I've ever had. Like mm-hmm. I think Otter Creek was the one who kept doing black IPAs the longest, and that was the mm-hmm. one that I was like, man, it just really is super roasty and good. Stovetop, right? No, no, oh, no, it, it was just, just called black I think IPA. It was just Black IPA, yeah. 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 It's stove stovetop porter um, was their stovetop porter. Yeah, was their and. This is just, it's really, just really nice. Because it's not a West Coast, it's kind of like that American, where it's like the American IPA, where it's like a little East Coast, a little West Coast kind of balanced in there. Uh, this beer is excellent, and uh, it it really nails that um, that style.
0: So my question, and I don't know if you'll have the answer for this, Is Buffalo Hardcore or Metalcore Legends, Every Time I Die, has a song called Map Change. And one of the repeated lyrics in it is, I am the man that sank Atlantis. Do you (laughs) think this beer is a play on that lyric? Because, I mean, they're, they're both from Buffalo. Or do you think it's just something that they're like, oh, like we need a fun name for a beer that's like Black as the Murky Depths.
1: Uh, I would say it's a good chance that okay. they probably named it after that. Um, so this is an employee. It says on the on the can, wow. uh, employee concept beer. Dave, Geech, Gervavich, uh, their area sales manager. This is the beer rep from Community beer Works that I work with. I work with. Hey, um, next time we see him,
0: ask, ask him.
1: I will. Let, I could let, text me, a, I, let me know. I could, I could text Cause, him. Because I'm um, Ooh, live answer on the show. Yeah. It's a um, late. don't do that. But when this beer was coming out and right before it, I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, we got a dark IPA. And I was like, oh man, I love black IPAs. And he said, me too. And they were going around saying, hey, what beer should we do next? And I told them, you guys should do a black IPA, especially like late winter, spring beer. It's perfect for that.
0: And I, ended I completely agree. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dave's a cool dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was Late winter, winter,
0: spring. Perfect.
1: He's got that maltiness up front. It's getting you through the winter. And then it's boom, crisp and hits clean. you with that crisp and clean. That spring kind of like, hey, it's like 60 degrees out, everybody. It's great. And then you just have to. Oh, it's 30 degrees
0: here. out to yesterday because yeah. that's,
1: that's Buffalo. And then you yeah. take another sip and you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be 30 degrees again like this weekend. But boom, maybe spring is around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 7.8% too, and it doesn't drink... um, It doesn't drink like it's that high of an ABB. Even though that's not that high of an ABB. Um, Yeah, it's just... it, It nails the style with still being, like, a new version of that. Like, it's not that overly piney, piney bitter with those roasted malts. It's kind of that citrusy hop
0: mixed well with those, and... It's just excellent. But that's one that if you're able to pull one on the side for whenever I'm I, able to come up, because I do want to try to come back up like once I can get like vaccinated. But I live in Florida and still no answers <laughs> for anything.
1: Uh, Is I there can, a website you can go to where you where,
0: where, where I I, it just changes and says no? No, like the... Oh, it's Florida. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um... Chris, I should be – I'll bring a can of this home and throw it in that box that's been sitting to send to you for months.
0: (laughs) I because I – I I mean, I do love a black IPA, but, I mean, Community Beer uh, Works, like, they were one of the first, like, buffalo craft breweries that I – like, really resonated because it's like, oh, these are really good beers. I mean, we did have um, Flying Bison, Bison. which was okay. Like, you you see something from Flying Bison, you get it because they're from Buffalo. Like, Cool. Up the hometown, but like CBW is like, oh, they're brewing stuff out of a garage and it's that good. Like, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I've I've always liked their beers. Even like the first time I had Frank or the Whale, I was just like, wow, these guys. This is great that these beers are being made here. And then they were, you know, they're the second oldest craft brewery in Buffalo, but they grow so small because it literally was like two friends in a garage making beer and then the guy, the one left to be the head brewer at Thin Man like they just, they just grew incredibly small and you know, now they have a (laughs) restaurant now they have a restaurant uh, and a pub where before you would go in and it literally was In a garage, and right around the corner is where they brew the beer, and you would sit there and you could have a couple beers, and it was a it was a fun little
0: cold garage that you you, sat in. You want to go to the bathroom? You like walk around the corner. You walk past the employee lockers. They go into like. People's coats are hanging
1: up there. You go through. You gotta walk over the the mop
0: That is. <laughs> like laying on the ground and you're
1: like why is this mop like here and you're like and it's, no it's basically like going it. into
0: a half bathroom in someone's basement like it's it, <laughs> yeah. it was like the beers were better than they should have been for being made in that environment so yeah that's that's really cool yeah
1: the new place is really cool too every time you come up Chris you always come up like hey I'm coming up on a On a Monday, and I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and i leave Wednesday. And it's like, oh, cool, we'll take you to the craft beer place. it's like, oh, every place is closed Monday and Tuesdays.
0: I mean, that's just brewery law, I feel. and The way I... Okay, so the reason I do that is because it's easier for me to schedule my weekend off and then just use, like, two days of vacation time. So I have a day to, like, plan and pack, and then fly out. I'm not a, like, person that's like, oh, I'm going to use a week of vacation. Like, I break it up, baby, because then you get... More vacations doesn't matter anymore. Like nothing, nothing's open. Nothing matters. There's nothing to do anywhere. But yeah, I, I do want to come back up. Uh, I miss you guys. I miss my, I miss my mom. I miss my uncle. So hopefully within this year. It's been like two years now. So.
1: <laughs> well, I, we're this is uh, we're recording on uh, March 10th, and this Mario is day. the end. Three
0: three ten Mario. It's March 10th, mar I-O. Zero. Okay, 0 yeah. Oh, M-A-R. Mario, okay, yeah. Mario Day. Nice. Uh, nice. Never. Yeah. No, that, but, that's, that's a legit thing. I didn't just make that up. Like, if you go on to, like, the Nintendo Switch a, like, shop. not, like, call bullshit. It's no. All, no, if you go into Nintendo's, cool. like, eShop, like, all the Mario stuff's on sale today. Because, yeah. Anyways, sorry.
1: I, I should text my brother-in-law, whose name is Mario, and wish him a happy Mario Day. But, uh, no. Nah, what was like, I saying? You don't like oh, that enough. Yeah. Uh, for him, every day listen. is Mario Day. Yeah. He lives that way. Um, <laughs> it's been a full year, though, of us being closed down, guys. One year, March 10th. This is the day that it, like, all shut down for us. They're like, hey, and I still have to the tell same. people
0: at work to put a mask on, okay? Yeah.
1: He can, he can potty train a dog quicker than he can train people. To uh, put on a mask on. But you know what we don't need to be trained to do? Buy comic books on Wednesday, even though DC comic books come out on Tuesdays. So, what comic book are you buying, John? Uh, I am buying Thor and Loki Double Trouble, number one, uh, from Marvel Comics. This is written by uh, Mariko Tamaki, and art by... I am gonna butcher this, but Guruhru, um, and this, this is Journeys into Mystery. Uh, right, that's what the name of the book is: no. Journeys into Mystery. No, it's no, I, I, I fucking read it to you. It's <laughs> I'm at sorry, Thor and it. Loki, Double Trouble, Number One. <laughs> that's what I said. Oh, oh Thor and Loki. Chris could come back and say, "I'm sorry. What was the name of the book?" Because he got up to leave to get his next beer. You were sitting there. And what's the name of the beer that you're drinking? I know it stank uh, Atlantis, but... So, are you done trying to be funny? No, I don't need to try. I am funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should try.
1: Uh, So, this book kind of looks like it's the... um, uh, Are they
0: doing Get Help? On the cover.
1: They could be. Uh, this book looks like it is the overly cartoony, um, Adventure Time, um, RKO Adventures, that kind of, like, young adult, cartoony, fun look to it. And it looks like it's trying to be, like, a fun version of Australia. Sh- I'll, um, Pull back a focus. little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just send you guys what the cover yeah. looks like. Um, but it's just like a fun version of these characters. And um,
0: is this meant like to be like an, an all ages book? I think so. Okay. Hmm. But, no, uh, I, yeah. I do like the MCU Thor and Loki, like relationship. I don't feel like I've ever gotten that in the actual comics. To to their detriment because I, I'm looking forward to a Loki miniseries on Disney+. Plus. I wouldn't buy a Loki comic book, so I don't know. It, it is this gonna be one of your picks for look back or are you gonna wait and see?
1: Uh um it probably will be. I think I already have like maybe one or two books from previous buys. Um I have no problem. It's three ninety nine. Um, I'm I'm in Paul's account right now, so I could easily just buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Pretty much how it goes. Uh, but no, I'll, I I probably will pick it up for the look back. If not, it's just I I will buy it no matter what. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have no problem throwing it for the look back.
0: Huh. I'll read it, and since we're talking about Paul's account, Paul. What book will you be buying legitimately?
1: Yeah, this is uh, going to be Star Wars number 12. This is uh, keeps on the Operation Starlight uh, storyline. Keep on being written by the same person, Charles Soleil, and uh, art is being done by it's all cover artist. Artist uh, Roman Rosanas. And uh, this is following the story of Leia Organa you know, Princess Leia, and Kest uh, Dameron. Uh, Wait, uh, that, that name kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they share their stories of their lost loves. So we get to learn how Poe Dameron's parents met, a question that nobody asked, really asked
0: because honestly, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I don't care, but we did get to meet Poe's parents in the Shattered Empire like, comic book lead up to Force Awakens years and years and years ago. And that was kind of our first, like, step into. I, I, I don't remember what they called this age of, uh, a, Age of resistance,
1: probably. Yeah, we're in the resistance. Yeah, age of re- resistance. Uh, yeah.
0: And I will say, I do remember enjoying that comic with the tale of, like, Poe Dameron's parents who were, like, the... Oh, my... I can't remember what they called them now, but it was, like, basically, like... They're, like... They're far seekers or whatever they called, like, the pilots that flew into the danger zones first, like, scouted out. Um, I don't know. This is kind of a cool story for a character that I do really like. Kind of stemming from a comic book that I read six years ago that I also liked because... No, I, I have no problem reading more about Poe Dameron's parents because, yeah, that that book was good. Poe's good. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. So, Chris, you're actually signing up for a book, oh, right? Hold on. I, I just reached over to get my Poe Dameron action figure that I have next to me oh, as I'm recording. Oh, yeah. The Black Series. He's cool. He's a cool dude. Uh, but, yes, Paul, cool dude. answering your question... I have a book. I didn't actually listen to your question. Sorry. What was it? It was like, what book are you actually looking forward to? This is kind of a rough week for me. Nothing really big jumped out at me. So I kind of went to just... Okay. Give me a number one. And that was Nonstop Spider-Man number one. Written by Joe Kelly. Art by Chris Picello. And everything about the solicitation for this is basically... A Mountain Dew advertisement where it's buckle up, tiger, get ready for the most action-packed, pulse-pounding, adrenaline-pumping comic of all time. As the name applies, once you read page one, panel one, Spider-Man does not stop. Um, I don't know, it's a new Spider-Man comic. I do like reading Spider-Man comic books. It's been a while since I've picked one up. I tend to just gravitate more towards the big Spider-Family crossover event books, because... It brings in a lot of characters that I like. Uh also look forward to one of my picks for the March lookback. We're going to be reading a silk book, probably. Um, I don't know. It's something new and different to pick up because, you know, sometimes you just need that energetic monster energy kick to the dick to get you into reading a comic book. I don't know if this is like a limited series or an ongoing, but you know what? Chris is awesome on artwork. Yeah. Give me him on a Spider Man book. I'll I'll check that out. If it's not an ongoing, then why name it nonstop? It would be weird to be like nonstop Spider Man I mean, issue was like one of week- five. What if this was like a weekly book where they just gave you like five or six pages of story and then the rest was like reprints or like mini comics? Would you, there you go. would you read something like that? Probably. No. Okay, there's your answers. Guys, you got a beer? I got whoa, a beer. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Don't we want to do something dramatic first? We, we can. No. I don't know. I'm, just,
0: I'm taking We're some... We're going to bust
1: through a third beer already, and we've got all those comic books okay, Well, about? you
0: know what? We can do something dramatic first. And now... Who's oh, reading? this is for
1: you, right? Oh,
0: I have no it's idea. For you.
1: It's for you. Okay. Because <laughs> I read... You picked for me last time, so... <laughs> And now, a dramatic reading from Batman Catwoman number one, page six You got it open, Paul? You ready? Mm -hmm. Panel four My god Selina Kyle That you after all these years And that was a dramatic reading from Batman Catwoman number one page six, panel four Pretty good, Paul I try, be, I try to be, I try to be an good. old man, uh, like an old man wispy kind of thing, and also kind of have a little bit of that higher pitched Joker kind of going on. I, I, I would
0: have gone same route. Good, good thank you. Good play. Hey. hey, hey, and you know what's a good play? Is uh, was that enough time for us to, have to get to the
1: next spear? No, it's going into our main topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just because he
1: called it out. I was reaching for my next beer, but you know what? Paul,
0: let's go. Paul, you Perfect. can reach for it all day.
1: <laughs> good. I'll, I'll check. Yeah. I'm going to check on Kate. I'm going to wait here. Think about all everything I've done in my life. <laughs> that led you here? So sorry, John. I'm so sorry you ever became friends with me. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. I've had lots of good times. <laughs> you know that one episode of Doctor Who when when they go back in time and they like hang out with a uh, uh, Van Gogh. Yeah, and at the very end, you know, she's like uh, Amelia Pond's like the museum. Yeah, and then Amelia Pond's like, you know, it didn't change anything. He still died. He, he still suffered. And and uh, the doctor's like, you know what though, he he, he still, he, but we gave him some bright moments, like, hey, that's that's what makes it all worthwhile. You know what? Uh, just because I give you a couple bright moments, John, doesn't make up for all the crap that I give you. Either. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Can I start the beer reviews? Because I haven't had to. I haven't been able to start. I'll and I, it. I have to. And it's not because we were on a pause and Paul said, I should do it. I want to do it. <laughs> and I'm not I'm, sure if he wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bringing to you from uh, Three Floyds Brewery, their Dreadnought. This is an Imperial IPA. Haven't had an imperial on the show in quite a while because I went to the past to get this beer, um, and this is a nice easy drinker. This is something- oh he quantum leaped it. Oh, uh, this is something that we would have had in the past, being West Coast drinkers, and been like, wow, this has got like a really nice juiciness. There's really not a lot of bitterness. And for almost 10%, it's really easy drinking. Um, really not super expensive either. Um, four pack tall boys, I think it was like fourteen ninety nine, which is absolutely reasonable, especially with it being a almost 10%. What is it? It's like 9 point, 9.4%. Um... But yeah, you get this just really nice easy drinking beer. That good, nice, eh? Nice little maltiness on the mid palate. It's good. Mm-hmm. And it was canned on 21521. So Pretty good. Day after Valentine's Day, Paul. Ooh, eat it. I'm not going to eat the day after Valentine's Day, but I will ask Chris, what is he drinking?
0: Because we all Uh, have different beers now. Something that you might like to eat on Valentine's Day is a chocolate-covered cherry. And what Mm. I'm drinking is a chocolate-covered cherry-inspired ale with milk sugar. And this is from Hidden Springs Ale Works. Uh, brewery that we all went to and really enjoyed Uh, and this is their serenity now insanity later and this is a beer i actually had on the show before we actually went to Hidden springs uh it's something that i just picked up when i was in my hey i'm gonna try to drink florida beers i'm a florida man now might as well lean into it uh and i put this at four out of five on untapped and i would definitely stand by that now like i don't feel the need to drop this on at all it's a nice tart cherry up front but then you get like a nice chocolate richness meanwhile it's not like super dark it does have kind of like that cherry pie redness to it uh i just picked up one can of this to have alongside the next beer that i'll have later on in the show uh I I'm really enjoying this. This is definitely along the lines of something like their humble pie that we all had when you guys came down, um, two or three years ago. Now I can't remember when that was time has no meaning in the Corona land, but yeah, it's a great balance of just that cherry tartness. And then that chocolate rich on the back end. Um, Fantastic, love it. Makes me want more Hidden Springs Airworks beer. Which hey, I can deliver upon because I got I got another one in the fridge.
1: I thought you were pointing to a beer meal or something. Like I got a delivery service right here. I mean, nope.
0: Yeah, he's off camera. You just can't see him. <laughs> okay, but you know what I'm else nice. we have to talk about? Comic Go books. Ahead. Yeah, Paul, Paul's beer.
1: No, I'll wait until the fourth. It'll be good. Yeah. You I want to do wait. your beer? Oh. No, we can. I can wait on my beer. Okay, well, I'll get into it a little bit more and like actually form thoughts instead of just taking four gulps and being like, "Ugh, I can say stuff." But hey, you know what? I enjoyed thoroughly and read thoroughly. Well, not maybe not enjoyed thoroughly, but it was fun. Uh, X Men Legends number one, and this was written by credits. Art by Brett Booth. Written by Fabia Nievesa. Cover by Brett Booth. And this is just 90s nostalgia. This is just 90s comic book. I don't know who Eric the Red is. I really don't. Sure, he's a Shira operative again. I guess, who is just is obsessed with the M-Cron crystal. And the only no- reason why I know how to sell you the m crystal is because the X-Men cartoon series during the 90s. So if you were like us and love the X-Men cartoon series during the 90s, You could pick up this book and be right in. Like, you don't need any other X-Men knowledge, really, other than that. Um, When I I, I opened up this book, one of you guys had already, like, started reading it. And I opened up, and it was Adam in the cornfield, like, doing his meditation. Mm -hmm. And I opened that page, and I went, oh, shit, Extremes in this book? I had his action figure. (laughs) And I bought it because he was covered in knives. Like That's why I bought that action figure. So it was kind of fun. I never knew any of the history of that character because he was extreme. Mm -hmm. And I love that there's that cable moment in it that's like, (laughs) both of us aren't extreme anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with this book. It is super 90s. And I mean... When you looked at that cover and it said X-Men Legends and it had that cover, I went, oh, this is this is 90s through and through. Even if it's like, even if this book is happening now, Cyclops and Havoc are wearing their old suits, their old costumes. And those are the costumes I love on them. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I like the black... I like the black suit with the rings with Havoc. <laughs> really? <laughs> In the, the the head thing? With, over no, the I like rings. the, the, the newer one where he doesn't... Oh. Like his new one where he doesn't have that, but he still has... has like a, he has the like rings. a
0: trench coat on, I think, at that point, too. I don't know. Maybe No, because it's I kind of too close to this one. I don't know. Havoc's not my favorite. I don't... Uh, This... It's, it's alright not to have Havoc as your favorite, but he is... He is awesome. I enjoyed this book more than I thought I was going to. And that's because of, or despite the reasons that we listed, because it looks a lot better than most nineties comic books did. And I think that's all due to the coloring. Like that Brett Booth art is very reminiscent of that nineties Jim Lee style, but with the steps forward that we've had in, like coloring techniques and technology, the book doesn't look dated, even though they do. Like the captions were like Westchester, New York, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. That took me back. Like just seeing all of that stuff and like the characters that you're dealing with. And I don't know extreme. I never read any books that had him in it, but I. Had his trading card from like the X Men 95 Fleer collection. Uh, and then you're reading this book, and then you're getting those throwaway like editors' notes, where it's like, oh, to know more, read Captain Marvel 3 from back 1995. And that was like, break like parenthesis, like back issue, 1995. Like that put me into that mind frame, and then just having it be based off of like X-Force and X-Men and the Star Jammers. Mm -hmm. It harked me back to that time and it worked in a way that I was kind of afraid of when I saw what this book was going to be. And having Fabian who wrote a lot of X-Force and X-Men comic books in the 90s on this, it just it feels right because it is right, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And I'm not even a big Cyclops have I Star Starjammers fan like I don't like the Starjammers but you know they pop up in this book and I'm like okay cool I know these characters because I either had trading cards of them or I remember seeing their action figures on the pegs at KB Toy Store like so I know like as if like is oh weird cat lady all right Oh, now I see her actually in a comic book. All right. Let's uh, go. When,
1: when I turned to the page and you saw the Starjammers and you saw that guy, the, the guy with them, I was like, again, I had that guy's action figure. <laughs> like, I know who that is. He's part of the Starjammers. I had a lot of toys when I was a kid. That's how, my cool. parents shut, that's how the parents shut me well, up. You're kind of like uh, Adam X, or Extreme, as you're calling him. I didn't realize his name was Extreme. But you have toys everywhere. You just leave him in the field, and he goes off running, and then he puts him on. And then he has all these blades on himself. Yeah. That's what so do. to use his mutant power, he needs to cut somebody first, apparently?
0: I don't know. I never... Yeah. I never had I, any comics with him. I had his card, back. which I'm finding online right now. to send you guys a picture of
1: All I know is, uh, the only thing you really need to know about is the Summers effect, where there's this, you know, kind of uh, weird uh, theory that two mutants that are related directly, like brother-sister, or brothers and brothers and sisters and
0: sisters, their powers cannot affect each other. I don't think that was a theory. I think that was just like a Summers thing because you get to see that is from it, Cyclops and Havoc and then... Is it
1: only the Summers I brothers? I think so.
0: Is it only the Summers lineage or was it a
1: theory that all... I think that's just a Summers thing because They probably like never was, worked. I feel like it was just the Summers. Hmm. And here, and that at the very end, that's when we realize that Adam X, who's not Vulcan... Who, who i was assuming i was is Vulcan. like yeah i was the, my thought was at the end of this was like fuck, another one <laughs> yeah i'm like wait we just have a secret summers brothers with Vulcan but no no adam x extreme who apparently is a character from back in the day because john had this action figure i had his action figure and i can't time travel to put that action figure in his past it's not it's not something i could do so therefore this character has been around a long, while a long time i didn't know that but I enjoyed this book nevertheless. Yeah, it's, it's just zany, stupid, 90s fun. Yeah. I hate Shirar. I hate the m Crystal. I hate how the X-Men get cosmic. And this is just that. But somehow it still worked. Maybe because Havoc was involved. I don't know. No, because, Paul, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of X-Men in space. But I've... Watched enough of the cartoon, and I've read enough X Men books, especially when you made us read Dark Phoenix, that, uh, yeah, I, I did a, that for all of our benefit. It was good. It, it was educational. It was. It needed to happen. No, I don't think it ever needed to happen. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris agrees with me. Uh, so I was fine with those things happening. It's not my favorite thing in the X-Men books. But when it happened in this, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, this is X-Men. Like, it it all worked. And I went in going, either I'm going to enjoy this book or we're all going to hate this book. And I'm pretty sure we all came out enjoying this book I don't think I would read number two, but if I wouldn't be upset if we had to read the
0: first trade as a trading policy. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I wouldn't necessarily go back to, but I came out of it liking it and like actively appreciating it for what it is because it's like, yeah, this is the kind of... X-Men comic book that I would have picked up at the supermarket because we're walking through the store and I asked my mom like, hey, can I get a comic book? And she says, yes. I'm like, all right, what do I get? Like, oh, X-Men. Okay. It's it's an X Men book. It's a number one, but it still reads like it's the fourth part of a story. <laughs> yeah, that you don't know anything about. But you're like, oh, I get to, I get to pick up this comic book. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna keep going back and rereading it because that's the X Men comic book that I just got.
1: It's definitely yeah, you're right. It definitely feels like it's something you got off a spinner rack. It um, I don't know what I was going to say after that, but. I don't. I kind of thought this was going to be more like, oh, there was going to be this story, and then another story, and then another story, like uh, anthology. I when kinda, I, I wish it was all little
0: bit more anthology, but it's it's not. But I'm okay with it being what it is because it seems to be continuing a story that was never told, and whether this is going to wind up being canon in some way or not, like. I don't know because these are definitely all characters that I recognize and know. <laughs> so maybe this is just like an untold story that they always wanted to get to, but I, I don't know. The, the, the I third feel, Summer's Brother was always a thing. Yeah. I do
1: feel like this is what DC was trying to do, it was doing with the new 52, which was like, oh, we'll bring back some of the 90s stuff that people kind of liked. And this feels like the X Men doing that. Like, oh, we're gonna New Fifty Two it. We're just gonna bring it back to the nineties, everybody. Extreme, eat you some yo magic yogurt.
0: We, we, WandaVision we talked about one enough. We can we can continue on.
1: But John, what was your uh, book? For uh, one of the books I picked up, and the next one we'll be reviewing is gonna be Snow Angels, which is the first comicsology originals that we'll be reviewing for this show. And they've been doing them for, what, the last three years? Something like that. Oh. Ah, I feel
0: like they've been doing it for um, them for a while, but we have never picked any up.
1: Um, but this time uh, we're reading Snow Angels number one, and this is written by Jeff Lemire and art by uh, Jacques. And this tells the story of... Could it be a post-apocalyptic world? Is it an alien planet? We don't know, but we follow a father and his two daughters, one being, I think, what, like 10 or 12, and the other one being like three years younger
0: than her. Uh, Um, 12, because it's her 12th birthday.
1: Yeah. Um, Who venture out down the trench, which they live in, they live on an ice planet, or right... Ice part of the world, and they live in a trench. Um, they ventured off from their village to go hunting, to have a, a, a meal that they don't have to really share with anybody, and celebrate the one daughter's birthday. But when they venture back to their village, the fable creature that they say if you're not good at night, the snowman's gonna come get you has wiped out their village and the father is making the daughters hide and uh, himself hide from this snowman which is a mechanical robot being um, I liked all the books that we read this month The one that I liked the least was actually the Faith book, just because there was a lot going on Mm -hmm. with a character I don't really care about. Not being like, I enjoyed Buffy, I enjoyed Angel, but I wasn't huge into those, so that Faith book didn't do it for me. But I enjoyed this book. I don't know if I would pick up the second issue, but I don't have, I don't have any problems having read it. I think it was well written and well drawn. I, yeah, I think it's Jock. I enjoy Jock's art. I think Jock and, um,
0: oh Jeff my goodness, Lemire.
1: Jeff Lemire have a very similar art style yeah. from reading his, um, what was it, Essex County book that Jeff Lemire himself, uh did with, uh, was it Oni Press or was that ch- Top Shelf? It doesn't really matter. Uh, his uh, indie book. Yeah. yeah, it was Top Shelf, yeah. Okay. Uh, but his indie work, which was his self-written, self-drawn uh, work. So this all feels very cohesive. It feels very
0: Canadian. That as was well. The, i don't want to jump in, like, but that was the joke I was going to be when I was talking about this book. Because I was like going to be like, "All right, you're Canadian. We get it."
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know Montreal. When when the river when the river free, uh, freezes over, everybody skates everywhere. We get it. So it kind of feels like a sci-fi fantasy set. From a very Canadian uh, perspective, it's—I don't know if we're on another world or it's just the, the, the uh, our world in the future with future a second or, post-apocalyptic, yeah, with a second with the next, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, I got your words for you. You got you got all my words. You took all my words. This. I think it was enjoyable I don't know if it was interesting enough to really keep me wanting to read issue two because it seems okay where could he possibly go with it like do we care about this whole trench I was really excited to see this whole village that they created and then we, you know, we get there and everybody's dead I'm like okay I'm done I don't care now like I'm like, oh, what kind of society have they like moved? Have they they actually built? Are they like growing some sort of weird moss that actually grows on ice? Like, what's actually <laughs> happening? What's what's actually it's the small. deal here? It's, small. it's okay you
2: know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like, are they like digging into the ice to like find like things that have been left behind from the ancient society? Like. I was kind of interested in seeing what was all going on there, and when everybody was dead, I'm like, "Okay, that's not the story. The story is about them, like on the run, and well, on the skate, looking for survival." So and you know what? If you want to see a good skate survival story, look up uh, ice injuries. Ball. No, look up Clint Larchuk. Yes, exactly, Clint Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube. Don't, uh, don't but don't.
0: If you have kids around, don't. Don't do it.
1: Don't do it. But it's a great... Uh, Clint Millarchuk was a goalie for the Buffalo Sabres who suffered a cut to his jugular on the ice. He went down to try to grab the puck, and somebody skate cup came up and cut his throat. He survived. It's a happy story, so that's why I don't mind mentioning it.
0: Uh, this I didn't mind this book, but it's going to be a little bit lower on my rankings for the month. Just because going into this, I'm like, all right, I don't know this world, but it reminded me a lot of Northlanders where I'm just thrown into like a family of Vikings in this version of the story though. They just happen to be Canadian and they're on skates going through this big trench, like through the snow, uh, to get to somewhere else and things go wrong and it made me really be like man, Northlanders was a great comic book because it was very just like anthology story, you get like a couple like issue story arcs, wraps up you move on to the next one there wasn't enough to this to make me want to read the second part of it but I didn't dislike it enough to be like, no, it's not good, um
1: I feel like that's how I feel about it too.
0: It just made me realize like man what's Brian Wood up to now (laughs) because I I would read more of his like weird Viking and I know he did another Viking book that we read and we're like wow it's it's like Northlanders Black Hammer uh, Black Black Road Black Road that was it yeah Black something yeah Black Hammer I think it was like a BPRD spinoff thing Um, yeah not bad Uh, I think this is solidifies to me though like I don't need to read Chef Lemire comics I might not need to read Canadian comics because I kind of went into like the Brian K. Vaughn like we stand on guard book being like oh this is going to be cool Canadian comic and it just was a weird comic book that didn't resonate with me um, I don't know Canada I love you you have worthwhile creators <laughs> Uh, and we love going to Toronto. Oh, I miss Toronto. I, I talk about Toronto a lot more than I probably <laughs> should.
1: It, I really miss going to Ikea right now and not being <laughs> charged $99 for the delivery fee. I'm sorry. What's that. So, John, what was your second book again? Uh, my second book is Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, written by Larry Hama and art by Dave w- Watcher. Mitch Watcher? Um, and this follows the Iron Fist who has, um, what I have to say about what Larry Hama's done is taken all of the interesting stories that have been written about Iron Fist over the last decade, because he definitely ties in Matt Fraction and Brewbreakers' Immortal Iron Fist. He definitely, the latest... Um, story that was done where um, Danny Rand adopts a little gr- little girl who's a kung fu fighter, um, and Danny Rand's got this little Asian tinkerer who's created a portal system to allow him to take him to the other the other seven realms, um, which we found out about in Immortal Iron Fist. And the first one he goes to is the Underworld, where he ends up having to help try to save the day. And you run into Taskmaster, who's stolen the heart of the dragon there. And there's zombie warriors, and they're trying to protect the dragons. This is a fun book. Chris?
0: Yeah, John, you went to pick this as your pick for the list on the last episode. And I was like, John, it's Larry Hama, who did the... I, Albert book. I Albert. I, I will Wolver, read. That's what it was, uh, which we oh. did not enjoy. But then, as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm definitely jumping into this, like mid story because it is, like you said, it's drawing off a lot of Iron Fist stories from the past few years. But it didn't make it inaccessible, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of having fun with this. And there's stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't get it. I don't know where that's coming from, but ultimately, it just... This isn't the Iron Fist that I like to read, but it's an Iron Fist that I really enjoyed reading. Like, him going back home and then, like, Luke Cage and, like, his adopted daughter are under attack by Lady like, um... Lady Bullseye. I, I... I really... I really dug this, so I'm sorry for doubting you.
1: Uh, it definitely was it. I hemmed and hawed about picking this book up, but I, I really love the Iron Fist. I I I wore my Iron Fist shirt because I was like, <laughs> I like this book we wrote, we read today. I'm gonna wear my Iron Fist shirt. Like, I watched those two shitty seasons of the Netflix show. I love the Iron Fist. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. And Chris, I had that same thing. I hemmed and hawed about buying this because it was Larry Hama.
0: The only thing that threw me off about it was when the, like Iron Fist is back at home and Lady Bullseye is like, oh, Taskmaster is supposed to kill. It's like, wait, did you know that they were going to be like mystical yeah. city hopping and that he would pop up there just randomly? Like, cause I don't know what the catalyst was for for the story, and that's part of like, it feels like I'm just jumping into it, because it feels like they're on some sort of quest where they have to go to these cities that I didn't catch. Maybe it was mentioned in the dialogue, but no, I like, don't think it was. not It wasn't. Okay. It
1: wasn't. Uh, it, it, that's the same thing I have. Like, I read that, and I was like, how, are they, how would they know that he was going to do that? Unless, like, we missed, like, there wasn't a scene where it was like, Iron Fist just showed up, We'll kill him, Taskmaster.
0: Okay. I feel and it wasn't, because they were it. just, like, hopping through those, like, stakes yeah. and, like... Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, it, that, but even... That was the thing that, like, stuck out to me, but it didn't ruin the book for me. Like, it wasn't world-breaking enough that I was like, hmm yes, point of order. I, I, still, um, I still fucking dug this book.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I did, too. Uh, I thought the art really, really worked well. Um, I thought all the characters were really good in it. I love that there was Taskmaster showed up and he fought Taskmaster. And I love that moment where Taskmaster's like, just remember as he's running away, I did this left hand, like <laughs> only using my left hand. Uh, and like even Lady Bullseye, like when she, when that, car- that elevator door opened and you
0: saw her with her zombies
1: in there, I was like, who the hell's that character?
0: See, I like, recognize her, but that was from the time where I was, like, a little bit less off of the Marvel stuff. But they were like, oh, Lady Bullseye's like,
1: oh, yeah, I remember Lady Bullseye. Well, that's been a long time since that character's been brought up. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun, Lady Bullseye, Taskmaster. I wonder who else is going to show up. And then being a fan of, like, the Immortal Iron Fist um, Fraction and Rubaker run where it was like, oh yeah, like the the Mad Dog character, like you're going to be going to all these realms where they have their champions and seeing what they're doing and what this overarching story is. Like, I'm I'm ready for issue two. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, zombies just getting wasted for whatever reason. Just Yes, Ken Potter. It's fun. Lady Bullseye, I had no, no clue. I had a clue because it was like one of those things that are like, oh, Lady Bullseye. And I'm like, but I don't know where power is. Is she yeah, just Bullseye? I, I still want a girl. after reading this book. And she, did she do anything? She threatened? She menaced? But there was no power usage? And then she escaped. It's like, all right, cool. Like, who was the first dragon that was dead that Taskmaster stole the The, heart of? The Underworld Dragon. Okay, the Underworld Dragon. So we don't care about that. That doesn't really matter.
0: I feel like we should care, because now they know all the dragons are under attack, but that's, again, coming into, like, oh, this is a story that's kind of already been happening. Because
1: Iron Fist, he, like, he has his powers because he dipped his hands in the heart of the dragon or something weird like that, right? Like, like yeah, I I think if all the, if I it's been a it's been quite a few years since I've read the Immortal Iron Fist, and I have all the issues of the champions from all the um, from all the other realms, and I don't know exactly what their dragons do, but their champions take something from them. So like that very next scene where oh Testmaster's got the heart, like I was expecting. Iron Fist to like try to use his like super cool flaming fist power and it like would putter out and not work. Oh, I thought you were thinking it, there's gonna be moss that would grow and they would eat it. Yes, yes okay.
0: then everyone has skates, and everybody
1: <laughs> had skates, and they all made snow angels in the snow. Well, there was no actual reference to Snow Angels at all in that first comic book. Kind of maybe like the, it maybe the real
0: Snow Angels were the friends they made along the way, Paul. <sighs> absolutely. I absolutely hate that. Uh, if you
1: send me out
0: on a scavenger hunt
1: and the treasure is that I was able to do a scavenger hunt, I'm going to be very upset.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I like this book more than I really thought I was going to, so... Yeah, John. If you pick up number two, like I'll gladly read. It. I'll gladly talk to you about it. Like it was, it was cool. I, it was it was a, a of, fun Iron Fist book.
1: I had a lot of fun with her too, or I had a lot of fun with the. I was trying to look up Lady Bullseye to see when she, um, Ed, Brubaker, Ed Brubaker's run on um, Daredevil, hmm. is uh, is a uh, is when she was created. So, it's like 2008. Cool. So, so when they mentioned the village, you guys did not care about the Ice Village at all? Like, you didn't want to see how
0: that was operating, Uh, what was going on there? it sounded like
1: the Ice Village stunk. (laughs) They didn't like the people that lived there.
0: So, that's a Jeff Lemire thing where I feel like when I do read his books, he's setting up like this weird alternate like city or history that Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about but it's it's a thing that happens so yeah it's there and you're supposed to buy in more to like the character development and like the story that they're telling Mm -hmm. like this one the father with his two kids and it's one of their birthday and they're skating through the trench and oh they stop at this checkpoint and everyone there is dead uh, I, I don't care about the world. I would like to know about it, because that will impact my liking of the story, but, yeah, I don't
1: know. Also, well, you live down in Florida, so you'll never be in the trench anyways. Oh, John and I oh, have to worry the, about The it. trench
0: would be if there was, like, a centimeter of snow and everything would shut down.
1: <laughs> and also, we've passed that book, Paul. You can't ask questions about that <laughs>
0: book when we've passed it. I, I feel John, we're all sitting at the communal bag and board table. Like, that issue's still sitting there. Like, any, anything can come back up.
1: He's only bringing it up because I made fun of the moss stuff. That's the only reason <laughs> he's bringing it up. You brought it up, so I re... So I continued the conversation. I am Yes Anik. I'm not just shitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about shitting at... Should we talk about fate?
0: Wow. I was I was gonna talk about the... Number two, because this is a book we had talked about previously for one of okay. our lookbacks back in December, because uh, this is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number two, uh, written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Tom Waltz, art by Isaac Escorza and Isauro Escorza. Uh, and this is lending a little bit more of explanation into this last Ronin world where there's only one turtle left alive, uh, out for revenge for his fallen brethren, Uh, and just meeting with an old friend again, with April O'Neil, and then kind of learning about who saved him, who is Casey Jones, which is the daughter of an old friend and an even older friend uh, with Casey Jones. I like this universe, and that's just someone that's only read the original Ninja Turtles uh, story arc because I picked it up in Omnibus because I was like, you know what, growing up I loved the Ninja Turtles. I should probably read where they came from. And I dug that Mirage comic. Uh, this this world of poor Michelangelo just pushing through because well, if I'm going to go out, mm. I'm going to go out fighting because that's what i owe my clan like it's it's good it's dark but i like it it's dark in a way that earns some reverence and it's not just like grim and gritty cuz you demanded it like it yeah it fits for this story
1: and maybe that's what i liked about this More. And as I was reading him, I'm I'm like, why is this working for me when Batman Future State did not? And Nightwing Future State did not? Because Nightwing definitely felt very much like uh, Ninja Turtles' Ronin, Last Ronin. He's the, the last one standing, basically, of the Bat family. And he's going against the people that now own, you know, are in charge of the city. Yet that didn't work. It just felt
0: like it just didn't grab me. But this is like—is it because these issues kind of have some more room to breathe because they are oversized? I don't.
1: Maybe yeah. Maybe that's
0: it. How long this one is? Because it's okay. It's forty-two pages, so it's. Pretty much double the length of, like, a regular comic book.
1: It's just weird that, like, I'm okay with having this, like, overarching, like, very police state uh, happen here in this book, and one lone character is trying to bust through it and, like, take it all down. Uh, Work here versus Batman Future State or Nightwing Future State. Um Maybe it's just because it's a giant turtle, and it's just so removed from like actual world world where I'm not having like, uh, guys, come on, read the room, like let's not have like weird, and also they're ninjas and not actually police officers, so maybe that's also it. Maybe there's that level of disconnect from the w- real world is happening that I'm really enjoying it, and um, I really enjoyed this one too because of 100 percent more flashbacks. <laughs> like we get to see. Not that I'm happy that we get to see how Ralph, Ralph I mean, dies, but, you, th- you know, at least there's that
0: closure. So that was going to be one of my questions. Do you think each one of, like, the subsequent issues is going to oh, show yeah. you how, it, like, each other turtle fell and then how Michelangelo kind of, like, deals with it? Like, his finding, well, like, we solace saw how he, I
1: think I think Leo and Don are going to die at the same time. And it seems like at that time is also when April loses her hand and leg and maybe we lose Casey Jones. Oh, you're thinking in the bomb explosion. Yeah. Ralph, Ralph was out of the, out of town. Like, was he beating up the plan there? There is some sort of bomb that goes off um, that k- kills, that basically April loses her arm and leg. Like, like, yeah. I
0: do like how, like, she's just, like, flipping because, like, Michelangelo's, like, trying to ask about it, and she's like, my arm, don't worry, I got a leg that matches it, or, like, whatever she <laughs> says. Like, this is not April O'Neill that's just kind of, like, been through the shit and, like, surviving in the sewers, and it's like, yeah, like, we're pushing on, like.
1: Yeah. The one, like, one, I don't like... I- I don't like how much time was between issue one and issue two. Like, it was like two months, if not longer.
0: Like, it felt like. We've waited longer for just regular crossover books that were, like, scheduled to come out and then impacted entire universes from, like, DC or Marvel.
1: But is I don't... doomsday clock still
0: is that still No, long? I, I think that finally yourself. finished. <laughs> finally wrapped. Okay.
1: But I don't get why this book is taking so long between them. Like, wh- I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that long of a story. Did Ultimate Hulk versus Ultimate so why Wolverine? Why the fucking pause for you? Why did you put your <laughs> hand up like you actually had something important to say? <laughs> that was funny.
0: <laughs> no, but see that that doesn't bother me because when I bought issue number 1 I was like, okay, when does issue number 2 come out? And I saw I was like oh, like this is every like 2 months. I'm okay with that and they are double-sized issues, so it's going to take a little bit longer per, uh, to produce. I don't mind because the first one was such an engaging story that I want to read number 2 and then number 2 didn't let me down, and I think they got me on board. Even though these are like seven or eight dollars an issue, I don't mind because it is telling a very engaging story for these characters that I grew up loving more than I probably should. Because the idea of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is so stupid that it's just—it's dumb, like. I'm surprised my mom didn't squash that before it started when I was like, oh, like Ninja Turtles, like. Wait, and here I am, you know, thirty-two years later. Just enjoying the same property.
1: So my son loves sea turtles. Loves sea turtles. That I was like, hey, this kid loves turtles. So the other day I put on It's like, you know, I tried to find the Nickelodeon one. I couldn't find it. So I played like, um, the opening theme to Ninja Turtles and it starts playing. I'm like, Turtles, buddy, Turtles! And he's like, Turtles! Turtles! Starts playing and then he turns and he just looks me dead in the eye and he's like, no, no Turtles. Like, he's just like, alright, I'll (laughs) shut it off. I'm sorry I tried to share this with you. Uh, but i i did enjoy this book it is a almost slightly a tonal change because that first issue is very like giving you snippets of that world and it's a lot more action packed where it's mike breaking into the city getting up to the different levels and then going to commit uh but you like it's going to he's going he's gonna to kill himself like this you have so much more backstory happening. I still really enjoyed it, but it did feel like, well, that other one was so action-packed, and now this one is that giving you the story and filling you in on who these characters are. Even though you got the grasp of those characters, you figured it, I figured <laughs> out that that was April O'Neil's daughter. You know, like, just by how they told that first story, that it's like, now they they dove deeper into those. I didn't mind it, but I also was like, I kind of was looking for more of that faster paced story, like we got that first time where this has really kind of slowed down. And you get a little bit of a glimpse of that with Ralph's story, story of basically how he how he dies, um, which also is total badass. Yeah,
0: that's totally Ralph. Raphael. Like that's that's yeah. what you would expect him to go out and do. Like. Just take the fight to the whole Foot Clan because, like, no, you you mess with my family. Guess what? I'm gonna take apart all of yours. Like,
1: uh, and I'm just
0: trying that- not. To, I'm trying not to tear up here. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that thing where he's just like, ah, "You missed," but guess what? I'm not gonna miss. Grabs her and just jumps into the the water to to. Basically, to, to one, he stabs her through the back and to drown her. And uh, it's perfect. Um, except for she gets a little bit of a... She gets one up on the old Ralph. Um, but no, I... I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, it was one of those things, like... It's never gone away. I think almost every kid yeah. has some version of their own... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I kind of want to find what we grew up on versus, like, I mean, the movies, the first movie is very good. The cartoon that we watched isn't great, but it has. It definitely, I watched way too many of those. Yeah. And also, I had, like, for Easter, I got when Burger King worked with. Ninja Turtles, and you could go in and get, like, a video, you got a videotape with your Happy Meal or whatever. My parents went and bought, like, Happy Meals and ate them without me, and then for Easter I got all the video cassettes from that. But, like, I, like, wore those videotapes out, like, I got, I got my Ninja Turtles, like, I loved them. I had all the, like, I had a ton of the toys. Um, but yeah, like... They're
0: ingrained in me. I love Ninja Turtles. How do you feel about Buffy the Vampire Slayer?
1: Uh, I think you heard me. Yeah, earlier. Uh, I I read. I watched the first. Whenever they finish up with high school, okay, and the high school blows so, up, and then they seal the portal, so and then Paul's always going to have a problem with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because his first real interaction with it was a bizarre Buffy sex scene that he watched with his mom and was like, eh, I can't watch, watch this show anymore. But, so my question
0: yeah. to both of you before we kind of talk about this book is, are you aware of who Faith is in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer verse? Uh,
1: yeah, I, okay. I like Elijah Dushku.
0: Like, no. Paul's shaking his head, so Paul, No.
1: I don't know. Uh, Like, I tried to watch the first college season, and I just
0: couldn't get through it.
1: Paul, one. One. We've read several Faith comic books for this podcast, because Chris keeps bringing them to the table If you
0: say you got to the seasons where she's in college, you would have seen Faith, because at the end of the first season, Buffy dies when fighting the Master, and then Faith is the next Slayer who's activated, because there can only be one. So Faith becomes a Slayer, and then you're introduced into where It's like, no, we have two Slayers, because technically Buffy died, she came back. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith's kind of the other side of the coin to Buffy, where it's another young, talented Slayer with the same skills, but none of the support system behind her. And she's, she's a little crazy. She's a little crazy. But like, it's also, Soul is like the fact that she doesn't have the friends, she doesn't have the family, she was just kind of like shot off on her own and then kind of like forced to find her way through the world. Um, And that's kind of the interesting thing about faith is just that kind of dichotomy of character, like her versus Buffy, Um, which I've been a bad fan of the Buffy, the vampire slayer comic books. I've read a lot of like the first couple arcs when they came out, but I don't keep up on them. And then they came out with a faith, Like one shot here that's like, oh, like the origins of faith. So I went into this not knowing who faith is in this universe. If she had popped up between the last issue I read and now or what. Um, So I also was kind of a little bit lost because you're kind of told a disjointed story about faith and what she perceives and what she's experiencing. But it also turns out that part of that is because the Watchers Council is testing her. And finding out what her limits are and what she can do. And then kind of wiping her mind. Ella, like mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, uh, in order to send her to Sunnydale. Because they know something's going to be happening there. And she needs to be there. And we're also introduced to Wesley Winter Price, who is her watcher. Who's one of my favorite Buffy characters. Um, also, he's like the other side of the coin to... Chiles, who's just like the all-knowing, all-cool dude. Uh, I like this book because it's more Buffy. It's more of a character that I like seeing just the monkey wrench that they can throw into the works of everything. But just picking it up as someone's like, oh, let me read this book and see who this character is. It doesn't work well unless you have that kind of knowledge of, who Faith is in the Buffyverse Prime, I'm gonna call it, versus the Buffyverse here now in the comic books, because two very similar stories, but branching paths and multiverses to it.
1: I don't think this book was bad. When I say like it it was my least favorite of what we've read. But it was that, like... Chris, as you were saying, like... I know who she is in the TV show that I watched 20 years ago. Maybe even more than that. Like, this one and how they were doing it... It really felt disjointed for what I was trying to... How I... Like, I'm trying to read it knowing who this character is. And I'm not getting the same, like feedback that I should be like it's not telling the same story that I kind of already know. Yeah. And how it was jumping around from like the first couple scenes in the first couple pages. And then all of a sudden she's in a different outfit in the movie theater and she's doing this, you know, she's do going to the control booth. But then the end of the issue finishes her with her back in that same outfit in that theater at a different time like it's like like it just seems like they didn't need to jump me around so much. Yeah. They could have told that story without making it as
0: confusing as they did. And I think that was done just to show that the Watchers console's been messing with her and running mm-hmm. like tests and experience with her for a while and just being like, okay, like Let's let's go again, kind of thing. Um, All the word balloons
1: were just chock full of dialogue in this too. It was like there was a lot of reading for this book that it just feels like it shouldn't have been. Exactly, and I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, okay, we're resetting here again. Okay, cool. Like, give me the. I was like. By mid of the middle of this i'm like okay just give me the gist i do not care like i don't it know this character really it, and that's what like i like the faith character from buffy from the tv show and that's why i think i held on a little bit more yeah. with this book but paul i was right there with you i was like i don't know what's like I really wish they could boil this down and make this easier to read because it was a bit of a slog to get through. And also like we get to see Faith, like her flashbacks of like her being raised, and I'm like, oh, is this in, was this covered in the television show that I'm just not remembering? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't not not, not um, mentioned. Because and then she's like envisioning everybody with like weird the, like smiles the big and teeth everything. And the gold teeth and, I, and and I kept on thinking, like, oh, is this, like... Was she raised by, like, the robots that, like, dated Buffy's mom? Like, what's his name? The John Ritter? The John
0: Ritter, like, the John Ritter robots? Yeah.
1: Like, was she raised by them? Oh, are these three people, like, the family?
0: Kind of like well, Doctor that, Who? At that point, something? they're talking about, like... She's kind of, like, reflecting on, like, she doesn't remember stuff. But she's remembering, like, that like, kind of, like, twisted smile. So she kind of like picking what she can and as a fan of, or someone who knows you're reading a Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer comic, I think it shouldn't be a big jump to be like, oh, like she's thinking about vampires. Like Yeah, yeah. That she's being drawn to that kind of like distorted like teeth and mouth. And um, mm-hmm. so I was able to see that, but like, yeah, none of that's covered anywhere before this. And that's kind of how this book was sold. It's like, oh, you get the origins of Faith, but when you read that solicitation as a fan of the TV show who's read maybe twelve issues of the Buffy comic, and then five issues of the Angel comic, and then the four issues of the Hellmouth crossover, like and that's it, like I don't In know, the Giles issue. That one Giles issue, yeah. Yeah. Which was bad. Just not not a good comic book. But
1: yeah. It just,
0: it was just weird. So I
1: was wondering if I should have known the three people, the three people that were the family, Rebecca, Jonathan, and no. No. Okay. There's see, and that's the thing. Like there was a lot going on in this book that like Chris said, like are these characters or are these things that may have been mentioned in later issues of those Buffy comics or Mm -hmm. even there was that, uh, Angel and Faith book. That that was really good. Chris brought to the table and had us read that first issue. Uh, like, were these characters brought up? I don't know. Like, they <laughs> weren't on the show. They weren't in
0: issue one of all the Buffy books that Chris has made us read for this show. It, it, it's one of those things, because it's hard to know what you're getting from the solicitation for something like mm-hmm. this. If it's speaking to you as a fan of the TV show or if it's speaking to you as a fan of the comic book, which, yeah, there's Definitely crossover between the two, but What is this trying to capitalize Off of, and This one seems to be a little Bit of both, but it winds up being Kind Of none of either Because it's just Straddling that line between like We're trying to sell you a story about a character That you know and you love But it's a new version of it So you don't know her And you might not love her uh, which makes it difficult. So yeah, not one of my favorite books from this year.
1: But speaking of something you may love, is it our next beer?
0: Uh, it could be because from
1: Hinsprings Springs Airworks I'm think- I, I'm sorry Chris, I want to hear from Paul because I don't think Paul's opened oh. up with any of these. Oh, I actually I think I did, but it's fine. It's Strata DADH Bliss. And it's the double IPA that I'm drinking. It's also 8%. It's the same ABV as the regular Bliss. And you know what's weird about it being double dry hopped? It's actually smoother and lighter mm. than the regular Bliss. I f- I'm finding myself enjoying the regular Bliss more than this well, double dry This also, too, is only featuring Strata hops. It should say... Yeah, it says Strata, D-D-H. Yeah. So. so it's changed the hops. Um, mm. So it's a different it's the same base beer, but they're using different hops and dry hopping it with the strata. Okay. Yeah. So it's, if you were like thinking, Oh, bliss is good. It's got that nice, like West coast drying, big hobby punch. And you're like, look at it. And you just look quickly and like, you're not sure exactly what double dry hop means, but you're like, well, that's double the hops. So that's going to be double the punch. And you're not sure what strata means. And you're like, Oh, is that a type of hop? I don't know. And you just buy it, you're going to be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, if you're not a, a super educated uh, beer consumer and you just, like, think Bliss is good, I want double the Bliss. I,
0: I liked Bliss. I would like double the Bliss.
1: Yeah, you're not getting double the Bliss. You're getting a completely different beer. It is smoother. <laughs> it is... <laughs> it's... I almost had my beer come up my nose. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, John, but it's true. You say it's the same base beer, but it's just about as similar to uh, well, regular I mean, bliss is space sci-fi hamster wheel is to uh, wombat. Trial yeah. by wombat. So you're they're taking the bliss recipe, they're mm-hmm. changing the hops, and they're double dry hopping it with the strata hops. So it is going to be a different version of this beer. They actually did a version, a double dry hop Bliss with a different hop previous to that. So what this thing is doing is, like, if you like Bliss, try this version where we've changed the, the hops. We've made, we've, yeah, yeah. we've either, in your eyes, have improved this beer or have not improved this beer. I'm just saying. As somebody that uh, might Paul, not understand what... somebody who's done a beer uh, podcast, a podcast for 11 years, you shouldn't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. When uh, it comes to reading the can and understanding what beer terms are. Right? Okay. Maybe, but guess am, what? Am I wrong, Chris? Am I wrong about this?
0: Maybe, but guess what? <laughs> I want you to apply. <laughs>
1: <laughs> guess what? Still am. So, any, you know what? I can do something for 11 years and not learn anything, John. John, what kind of windows are you running? I'm pretty John. sure I got Vista. <laughs> John, John, do you understand the computer system you're using? That's no, all I'm saying, because bud. My, my, uh, my wife, for years, te- taught uh, computer to people. So she takes care of all the computer needs. I don't need it. I don't need you anymore. In your (laughs) highfalutin (laughs) Windows world, I got my own computer tech that I sleep with every night. And I got my own beer guy that I uh, talk to once a week on a podcast. His name is John. So he teaches me. He tells me the stuff about double dry hopping and all that shit. And then like three weeks from now, I'm going to ask him, what does double dry (laughs) hop mean again? Because I'll forget. No know why? I don't need to know. I really don't. I just need to talk about the beer when I show up here. Other than that. <laughs> but you drink beer on your own without <laughs> me. Yeah. You're yeah. a beer consumer. Mm-hmm. Your appreciation and your beer knowledge should have grown over no. the years. Paul.
0: It has for me. It turned into my career. Yeah. Paul, I feel like you'd be like, yeah. No, like, but you walk into any, like, bar or, a like, craft beer bar, you're still going to run that place. <laughs> <laughs> going to run a what play? That place, not play. You're, oh, oh that that, that wasn't a sports thing. You're not running plays. Like, I'm like, what play am I running? Paul, you, know, no, you do understand. know enough. I'll be like,
1: oh, I know enough to get me through. But you should know enough to be elevated over average beer drinkers, but you're holding yourself to an average beer drinker
0: mentality. Yeah. What? (laughs) Paul, right now Because You're you're Aang and you're just not learning the fire bending.
1: (laughs) I just I'm just running into No, I'm just not learning the earth bending because it's just it's just it's the opposite of what I am. I see double dry hop bliss, and I see strata. And I'm like, I don't know what strata is going to do. Paul, we've talked about strata on this hop like twenty times in the I, last
0: year. I don't remember enough about hops to know. I know which ones Chris, I like.
1: You just recently had a strata hop. Yeah, year.
0: I can't tell you anything about it. That was the equilibrium one, right? I think, maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. know.
1: I like Chinook. Yeah, I know what I like. I like no, Centennial. You don't like Chinook because Chinook oh, is I super don't like Chinook. West Coast. You liked Chinook ten years ago when we we famously
0: in our we liked the seas we year, liked the cascade we were like we liked the seas cascade yeah. cascade Citra <laughs> chinook. <laughs> chinook that was
1: it. oh yes yeah, <laughs> Centennial was the other one and Mohawk was too bitter for us that was the, that was before the, we even started doing this podcast but that's just the kind of stuff that I'm not going to remember. And I'm not going to. Paul, if only there was an 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 app app that would let you
0: track what you're drinking and what you like. (laughs) Why would someone create
1: it? I'm just saying. Like, uh, I see double dry hop. I'm like, ooh, that sounds like I'm going to get even more hops. And I see Strata. And like, I didn't look more hops, but it's done in a, it's done to make things. Yeah, it's not,
0: it's not done in the mash.
1: Yeah. And, in the mash. Adds the floral notes and the bittering notes. When it's dry hopped, it's at the end and that adds.
0: Oh, we've gone on. Now, now I'm getting heated. We've gone on brewery tours. <laughs> we have gone on brewery tours. We've gone on three. I think there's been more. <laughs> there's been more than that. We've gone to a lot of breweries. We're like, an hour tour, and now our tour. This is the fermentation tank. <laughs> remember,
1: uh, remember when I took you guys to Cigar City and I was like, we'll probably have Cigar, Cigar
0: City, my Gang, and, and uh, Empire. Uh, we also did uh, the place in Rochester. All the medieval.
1: Uh medieval? Uh, did we do a tour there or did we just.
0: I think we did. did we,
1: ju- we just drank there.
0: I thought we did a tour. We there just too. drank there. I don't
1: there. know. I think we, in Rochester, that same, or Syracuse, that same day, we did Empire.
0: We did Empire. Which we just ate and drank there. I know we. We did enough tours before I moved away from we, Buffalo to be like, I don't need to do another brewery tour.
1: Yeah. Um, we did um, custom brew crafters. We've, we've done at least five to maybe six tours that all three of us have been there. mentally shut <laughs> up. <'cause I'm> like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Just give me the beer. Uh, Can I get my seen? free sample now? <laughs> we mentioned uh citra I drink forget the tours. <laughs> Uh we mentioned Citra as one of our favorite C's. And Citra still stands pretty high. Uh, a few weeks ago on the show I had all Citra Everything from other half brewery. And I grabbed I grabbed another beer thinking it was a session beer, and I grabbed small Citra Everything. Thinking, oh, this is the session version of all citra everything. It's not, no, it's still a 6.5% IPA. Uh, but I have to say, I think I like small citra everything more than all citra everything from other half. And again, I I don't want to confuse anyone who's listening to the show, but this is a double dry hopped beer. Uh, I grabbed this because I thought it was going to be low ABV, and I could sip on it. It'd be okay, and I'd probably maybe not finish it. I'm I'm almost done with this, and I'm going to finish this beer because it is absolutely delicious. I love everything about this. The Citra, it's very citrusy, but it still has this nice little bitter dry on the back end. This beer is Absolutely wonderful. I'm loving everything about it. And, ah, man, I wish I had more of it. Like, tomorrow, I wish I could sit down and relax after coming home from work with one of these beers. And I can. I can bring this home from work because I sell beer because this podcast has enlightened me so that I have a great knowledge about beer and can do that. Uh, (laughs) I love Paul to death, but sometimes I hate him. (laughs) Uh, This beer is excellent. Other Half makes fabulous beers. Chris, when you are able to come up, and when we talked about you coming up before a pandemic hit, I said we got to take you to Other Half. And... It's a place that I really want to sit with you and really go through their beers and enjoy them because I think you would love them as much as I do. All right, so um, sign me up. Yeah. When you come back, we will have a other half day.
0: And whenever you guys come back down to Orlando, I'm sure we'll take another trip out to Tampa And one of the places we'll be going is Hidden Springs Aleworks. And my next beer is from then, much like my last one. And this is their Capri Sin. And this is a strawberry kiwi sour ale with lactose. Uh, When I went to my beer store the other day to pick stuff up, they had a four-pack of this that someone had cracked open because they abide by the law of, like, hey, any beer you want, even if it's in, like, a case or a six-pack or four-pack... You can bring one up, we'll charge you like that portion of the price of it. So someone had taken one of these off of the four-pack, and I was like, well, I don't want to buy just a three-pack. But then I feel bad taking these other ones away from someone else that also wants to try it or get it. <laughs> uh, so I grabbed one more can off of the four-pack, leaving the last two for someone else or two other people. However... <laughs> However, the cards fell. Uh, I never had Capri Sun growing up. My mom didn't believe in buying like the packaged beverages for for lunches. So I, my first experience with Capri Sun was when I was an adult, and I was like, "Oh, this is just basically like fruity sugar water." Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, same thing with this beer. Like, it's got that right amount of tart, but then that earthy strawberry sweetness. It's delicious. Uh, 5.5% APV, so it's definitely the smallest of the medium boys that I've had today. It's just crisp and sweet and refreshing and it doesn't drink like a beer since it's a sour ale. Like it's I could take like another sip of this now and if you told me like, "Oh, this is Target's branded sweet water that you would pick up for a dollar at the checkout," I'd be like, "Okay." Yeah, that's cool. All right, John. I always get Capri Sun I'm having and I a
1: lot of hiccups.
0: <laughs> I
1: get Capri Sun and Sunny D confused. Uh, Capri Sun's Capri the one that I get about pa- it. It comes in the bag,
0: pouch. even on the can they have like a oh, snake coiled a around like the the drink pouch. Um mm. Yeah. And Sunny D is the not orange juice orange. That's juice. Yeah, that's like the tangerine orange juice drink because I don't think they can call it juice because there's no actual juice no in case. it. But it's a hundred
1: percent vitamin C.
0: They just <laughs> they just add in. Um, no, I I dig this and I'm I'm excited to go to Hidden Springs again with you guys because I do get some of their stuff out here and I'm always excited whenever I see it on my shelf, but. I know that they're putting out more things that they either don't can, that I don't get to try, or they can it and it's only available at the brewery, so it's just never going to find its way out here. So,
1: and they got a lot of cool stuff coming out this week.
0: They're, they're doing their uh, enchanted tiki, Dole Whip inspired sour again, and I'm like, I wanted that when they did it last year, and I couldn't get it, and I probably won't get it again this year.
1: Yeah, they had a lot of cool stuff coming out this week cuz i think every day they were releasing like a new beer um they released like a case beer that was like four different beers there was like a mix up like a mixology yeah. where you're supposed to blend the
0: beers they had a ghostbusters beer yeah you sent me you sent me that and like i didn't respond back cuz was like yeah i saw it i i won't i won't be able to have that cuz as excited as I am that I can get their stuff at my beer store, they always have the same thing. Like the ZFG, which is their zero (laughs) fucks given, which is their zero IBU pale ale, uh, the Deja Moo, which is the Chipotle, uh, peanut butter, uh, stout. And then they always have their orange crush, which is like just the orange crush inspired, uh, Sour, which is good, but I am just get it whenever. I'm not always going to pick that up. But yeah. Yeah. Something else I'm ex- excited to talk about, though, besides Spear, is my final book for the day. And this is going to be Radiant Black, number one, coming out from Image Comics. And they sell this as for fans of Invincible and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And this is written by Kyle Higgins, who's actually written the. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book for Boom or Dynamite. I don't remember who's putting it out. With art by Marcelo Costa. And it's the story of just a 30-year-old dude who's living at home with his parents. He's in debt. Terrible luck with jobs and the ladies. And him and one of his friends just happen upon... A power source at the train tracks, uh, which is known as the Radiant, that gives him superpowers. It basically turns him into a Power Ranger at the age of 32. And, uh, boom.
1: Dude. And then he dude, goes up on the roof with got his friends and complains about the same thing he was complaining about at the bar.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like this book and, even if it wasn't sold as like, hey, if you're a fan of Power Rangers, which I was when it launched because it's like eight or nine at the time. I don't know. Maybe a little bit older. Uh, love Me Some Invincible, though. And this definitely reads as like the flip side of that. It's a kid growing up knowing his dad's the greatest superhero in the world and he will have power someday versus the dude in his 30s who just literally like walks across the tracks and gets them. Uh, I really dug this and it seems like this is opening up like a Kyle Higgins imprint over at Image Comics where he's going to be telling other stories kind of in this universe and I might be there for all of them because there's an approachableness to this book that is very reminiscent of Invincible, you know, coming soon to Amazon Prime in animated form I don't know, there's there's a weird likability of this book, even though once you're in it, I feel like you're not supposed to like uh, main character Nathan because mm-hmm. he's so like you that 32. it's it's recognizable. He's thirty two.
1: No, no, thirty two thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. Oh
0: yeah, that's not me. I like he, he, soul crushing. Here's the thing, guys. I never got a credit card because I know I'd be bad with it, so i have no credit card debt. Flip side of that. You have very bad credit. I have no credit <laughs> because I never
1: had a credit card. Uh, I did the same thing until I married, started dating and marrying married my wife, <laughs> who took me from like 400 credit to, I'm like at 750 or only, um, 750's good. I, yeah, That's I think i at seven fifty. That's because great. because of the same thing, Chris, I did the same thing. It was like I got a Pac Sun credit card when you worked at Pac Sun, and I was like, I, I, I'm never paying. I don't pay on this. Like I I bought shoes and a pair of jeans, and I make enough money I, at the time. I made enough money where I could have not used that credit card, but I bought the credit. I got the credit card because Chris sold it to me because he's
0: like, Hey, can you do this for me? Yeah, like, we, yeah, It was one of those things. Like it was one of our metrics. <laughs> I had yeah. one. I paid it off though. Yeah. You got like yeah. free. You got like coupons
1: for it. I don't even I don't, know that. Like guys, do. if it, I don't remember getting coupons. But anyways, I didn't. Well, you really only bought so a pair it. of
0: shoes and a thing of jeans. A pair of jeans. <laughs> I, I, may, I might, have a, might have bought a belt. You had an Element hoodie that you bought there. I remember that.
1: Yeah, but I think I didn't use a credit oh. card for that. <laughs> I used my I use my own money. Uh, but yeah, I I was somebody who. Lived through my twenties and thirties, paying everything out of pocket and not mm-hmm. building up credit card debt. I also paid off my student loans by the time I was married. Like, I didn't, I didn't need to. I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to waste my money on, on debt. But then I never built any credit aside from like paying for elect electric and internet when I had a, like an apartment and. What car loans? It? You guys can they have auto loans? I, had I did it with my loan, last car. But, yeah, but I ended up paying. I ended up paying it off. Right, and then I spent years not having
0: auto. Uh, loans. All my <laughs> except for my last car. All my other cars I bought from other people that I just yeah, I, I I bought outright. So it wasn't like I had oh, any. Okay. Yeah, I did the any, any history thing. for that.
1: Okay, uh, I was just. Interested. Yeah. But if you guys knew that if you developed thirty-four to $32,000 worth of credit card debt, you could get superpowers by walking across, getting drunk at a bar, and then walking across railroad
0: tracks. Oh, sign me up. Paul, <laughs> but, but when I lived in Buffalo, we would just do that. Like There were times we would record the podcast <laughs> at your place, and John and I would walk drunk across train tracks on the way home. Yeah. never got superpowers yeah. for that.
1: Until that, that night, I walked... Home, over the train tracks I didn't get super hours either No, and that's the night that I did. probably should have uh, And that's the night you threw up in our kitchen Yeah Which used to be my kitchen So I didn't feel that weird about you it You threw
0: up in our kitchen then
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Communal experiences guys That's what this podcast mm-hmm. is all about
1: I lived there before I had my gallbladder out, So I threw up in that kitchen before <laughs> I lived in that apartment before I had to have my tonsils taken out.
0: <laughs> Which is now? I don't, kn- I don't know what you're not, trying to going to be what? a couple of weeks from now.
1: It's going to be a couple of days. It is right? going to be a couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, Radiant Black, though, guys. Radiant Black. I, I, there I was, was let down by the ending. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, John. I think it's not the strongest book we've ever read. But it's not an awful book, and there is something like, there's something they're trying to do that is likable about these characters. It's not the strongest book, it's the middle of the road book, but I definitely would probably read a trade. Like, if you bought issue two, I wouldn't read issue two. This, if you, if you bought, issue 1 through 6 and we're like you know it gets pretty good I really like it I would probably sit down at some point
0: and read them Uh, spoilers for when we do our power rankings this is my middle of the list book this is my middle of the road I'm probably going to pick up number 2 because I'm interested enough in like this character in this world that I do want to see where it's more because it is hinted at at the end that there is someone else out there with another one of these radiant powers who's dressed in red who's like robbing banks so
1: the, the red radiant character
0: is the more interesting
1: character and, at, and you only see him in a panel where they're in the same suit but red walking away from a bank that's blown up with duffel bags full of money And automatically, it was like, well, that character is more interesting than Nathan. Huh? Yeah, uh, I I was disappointed in the ending, like I was kind of saying. Just because I'm like, oh, it's two people with the same kind of problem. Because the guy in the red suit has also said that he's a writer. And he's been, like, not getting his way and everything like that. What? Isn't that, it, or was that the characters, the same characters? That's the same character, I think, Bubbles. Bubbles? Okay, maybe. But I thought it was like, oh. So it's a, another, I was thinking
0: it was just another
1: writer just taking, getting this powers no, and yeah, doing something I, else with
0: it. I read that as like, you're still hearing oh. the main characters. like you're still Whose name He's is? He's talking to his friend, Nathan. like his friend's saying, like, hey, like, things aren't all that bad. Like, things will work out. Just wait and see. Like.
1: But my problem with, uh, Nathan is that he hasn't even written the first chapter yet. He's in all this trouble, and he hasn't doubled down and just, like,
0: got to work. I get that, because it's kind of a syndrome where he's, like, been given this advance. He's like, alright, well, what now? Like, How how do I do what I need to do and just like second guessing himself like I don't know like like maybe that's four years though I mean yeah that's a while
1: you know like okay I can get okay I can understand imposter syndrome I worked a job where I was suffering from that every single day like but I still did the job and I still got through it I didn't like just shut down and not did the job. You know what I mean? Like imposter syndrome is like when you feel like you don't deserve
0: it or haven't earned it.
1: I mean, we but, can't. You no, know, you're we still doing it, it with Ovid. But you're fe- it's you're afraid that you aren't.
0: When there's something more creative expected out of you versus just filling a role. I, I don't know, okay. like.
1: But I mean, where do you think Nathan has the moss
0: grip? <laughs> we didn't see any skates. <laughs>
1: Does he skate? Yep. Does he skate? Does he, does he have a, uh, a mushroom uh, farm underneath? Is, is that how he's Could been be. feeling himself? Uh, those Could are all be, good questions, John. under the train. Thanks for bringing that up. But down. guys... Because that's how you yes and John, you <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Radiant. You don't just shut somebody what? down and say, No, if oh, you you've yes not been and? part of this podcast for 11 years... Oh, we no, shut each other because down. I don't know what DDH means. How can... My brain just exploded that you don't know what DDH means. I do know what Double yeah. Dry Hop is. Yeah, yeah. It means,
0: but, so, you know... So guys, yes, am Next spear, yeah, I'm drinking yes, Rogue's new Fortnite. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll crack it open. I'm playing games later. Uh, you, are you ready for... <laughs> I, I, I'm off tomorrow. Our yeah, ranking? our rankings. Sure. Is anyone ready? Should I start us off?
1: Um, I'm up at 5 a.m. tomorrow, aka six hours from now. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'll go, I'll just get it out of the way. I'm going to go with X-Men's Legends, number, my first pick. Then, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash Ronin. Then Iron Fist. (sighs) Then Snow Angels, Radiant Black, and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think uh, mine's going to be fairly close to Paul's, but I'm going to start with uh, Iron Fist number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two, X Men number three, uh, Snow Angels, Radiant Black, and Faith.
0: Mine's similar to both of yours, but again, there's variations. Uh, Les yeah. Ronin was going to be my number one then Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon then X-Men Legends Radiant Black right there in the middle then Faith and then Snow Angels is my my last pick
1: you know it's really interesting
0: we all picked our owns for number ones I, we did but also I will say this yeah. out of all these books n- there weren't any that I actively disliked like they, yeah,
1: yeah, I said that at were, the top of
0: the show. Like, like even my really, my final one, just <laughs> like it wasn't bad. Like it just it maybe
1: so. Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon is our favorite of the month.
0: It, it wins February, I, I guess so, because that was kind of all at the top of our list, just in like a different place. I
1: think it was like one mm-hmm. or it was one for me and number two for all. of Two them. for yeah,
0: me, right. yeah.
1: So hey, congratulations, Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon number one for winning February's I'm look surprised. Back. No, I Mr. don't know why. I... Mr. Mr. I Hama. <laughs> it all goes to him. Because nobody expected <laughs> that.
0: Nobody expected it. What a dark horse. No, no, it's, no that it's was, it's was for Marvel Madness. Oh. What? You said what a dark horse? I was like, no, that was for Marvel. Oh. Comic oh. book publishing. Oh, I jokes. gotcha, I gotcha.
1: Let's uh-huh. go. Gotcha. I didn't keep up. That's, that's well. Hopefully, you keep
0: up with listening to us, guys. Uh, we do this podcast because <laughs> hopefully, we keep up with because we we love to do it. Uh, make sure you're rating and reviewing us. If you have any feedback, let us know. Emails over at bangboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of our social media posts or message us on any of those. We don't get any feedback. We'd like it. It doesn't matter. We're going to keep doing this. We've got months of episodes lined out in front of us. Even if we just. Hey, we're trying to. Even if we just did, like, look backs, look forwards, and, like, Marvel movie retrospective, we would still have, like, the next years of shows plotted out.
1: Yeah. And uh, we're definitely going to have uh, some movie fix with Chris and I because we're trying to get some. Material recorded before I'm out for about two weeks because, as I mentioned, I'm having my tonsils taken out, and it's awful as an adult to have that done. Uh, so, but yeah. you want to buy John some ice cream? Oh wait, nope. He's not supposed to have ice yeah, cream. I can't have ice cream. Can't, I can't have ice have cream. It. It's, uh, can't have I'm it. Getting, and just, just, have just, it. just the listeners know. Uh, during my recovery for my tonsils, I'm also getting my second. Uh, my 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 second. A uh, COVID shot, which uh-huh. probably won't be the best during my recovery. But thank oh, you. Why not? Hey I had a vasectomy. <laughs> <What> <laughs> that a sec- happened. <laughs>